just pray about it. I want you to pray. Pray that God gives me what he's wanting. I feel something growing here. Maybe it's just for me. Maybe it's not for y'all. Maybe it's just for me, but uh, I want to follow where he leads us. I said 2-9, didn't I? I don't think I wanted to do 2-9. I think I wanted to do 2 starting in 1. Yes, that's what we'll do. Start in chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from, from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Can everybody say like-minded? How do we get there? One accord, how do we get there? Jesus has to be the center. If we are going to be like-minded, it has to be about Jesus Christ, period. If all the faults go to the same place, we get there. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Everybody say, same mindset as Christ Jesus. Big words, but you can read them. Yes. That's exactly right. I was going to say that. She beat me to it. Who, being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Hello, Christians. Anything that is done is not to be used to my advantage, to our advantage. It has to go back to give God glory. Jesus showed us that, right? Okay. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Everybody say obedient. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge, your King James says, confess, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. You're breathing today so that God can receive glory because of Jesus. If you have salvation today, it's so that God can receive glory because of Jesus. It's through Jesus Christ. We have the Bible, which is God's Word. And therefore, God receives the glory from that. Everyone who has ever lived, who was ever, from all the way from Adam to right now, 
Every single one of them. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Don't look at your neighbor and say, man, that's not the right place. Every angel, even the fallen ones, that would include Lucifer, Satan, every one of them, at some point, before this thing is over, will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now imagine that. Every person that you've ever heard put down Christians and put down Jesus and talk bad about say God's not real. Every single one of them will one day do this. You are Lord. Can you see the devil doing that? And we don't need to be conceited about that. But that's going to happen. Can I get an amen? you believe that? That's the word of God. It says it, so it's going to happen, right? Now, I don't use a great deal of notes most of the time, but I, I need to, I've got some definitions here, and I need to read them, okay? That word acknowledge, and I don't remember the Hebrew word for it, but what it comes down to basically mean, it says to admit to be real or true, to recognize the existence, truth, or fact of. So acknowledging or confessing, by the way, it can be translated either as acknowledge or confess. They come together, okay? So we're not apart from what we each have in our Bibles. It also means to show or express, express recognition or realization of. Did we not do that just a few minutes ago in this house? Didn't we express recognition of God by giving praise to Him? And we're doing it right now by being in His Word and hearing what He has for us. It also says that we recognize the authority, the validity, or the claims of. So we're recognizing when we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord that it's a valid point that He is in fact Lord, that He is the Son of God, that He was born of a virgin, and that He walked this earth, and that He did heal people. He healed them of blindness. He healed them from spiritual issues. He did it all, and He did it all without sinning, and yet He was crucified, and He raised from the dead. The Bible says that if we believe that and confess that with our mouths, we shall be saved. If we believe it in our hearts, we don't say the things that we don't believe, right? Okay, then. To show or express appreciation or gratitude for. Oh, when we get down to the place of prayer tonight, we're going to be showing a place of gratitude. Why? Because we get to come to the presence of God. We get to come to Him and we get to pray. You hear what I said? We get to pray. You know what? They didn't used to get to pray. They had to go to the priest. They had to wait for some guy sometime later on in the year, coming up in the fall of the year, to do his thing to go in and to make atonement for our sins. But Jesus Christ did that and did it once and for all. When he was on the cross and he said, it is finished, brother, it was finished. And therefore, we now have salvation because of the work that was done at the cross. And every time that we show gratitude and appreciation... We are acknowledging that Jesus Christ is in fact Lord. 
That's a good place to give God some praise. Amen? You're getting to acknowledge now that Jesus is Lord. Publicly, you get to do that. Nobody says you got to. Why would you let the devil tell you not to? That's what I don't get. Don't understand it one bit. Except sometimes we get in places that we need brothers and sisters to lay hands on us and pray for us and not cast stones at us, but to be in prayer for us. Remember I talked to you several weeks ago about Bob when Bob don't act right? Bob's out of character. We need to be in prayer for Bob. And there's going to be a change happening with Bob. You know why? I believe in the power of prayer. No Bob's in here, right? To indicate or to make known the receipt of. That's what acknowledging means. So we indicate that we're Christians. We make note that we have received Jesus Christ. How do we do that? We do that by confessing with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm a Christian. I got saved. I remember when I first did that. Went into that room full of people who I used to cuss and tell dirty jokes with. And then all of a sudden, they said, no, that can't be. Because <laughs> they knew me. But before I left, they kind of got it. Thank God. And it wasn't easy. Can I tell you it wasn't easy? You know why it wasn't easy? It's because I had a lot more flesh that I hadn't given over to Jesus yet than I did. I had the Holy Spirit in me pushing me and working. That's why it's hard. It's not hard, but it is hard. When it's hard to serve Jesus, that's the flesh talking. When it's easy to serve Jesus, that's the Spirit talking. And they war all the time. Can I get a witness on that one? Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know how you put your bridges on. I do my one leg at a time, and I tell you what, he ain't stopped, he ain't stopped bugging me since I said yes to Christ. When I said yes to be a minister, he still hasn't stopped bugging me. He bugs me even more. He's been bugging me this week, ain't he, sweetie? I've been in this this week, and man, it's been a, ooh, sweetie knows. And to confirm as binding or of legal force. Can I tell you something today, Christians? If the world was to end right now before we get done, there's a binding and a legal force to everyone who has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, whenever we go to heaven and stand before God Almighty, we're going to have our lawyer, Mr. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, standing up and saying, this is a legal and binding document. My blood is on them. I have sealed them in their forehead. They belong to me. And devil, you got nothing on them. You got nothing on them. Now, how in the world is it that me as a Christian can try to cast stones when the devil himself can't? There are no stones to be cast to anybody. There is a net to be thrown out to pull them into the boat. Jesus said, take and cast it on this side. So we cast it on this side and we pull them in. We do the work that he asked us to do. You and I can't save nobody. We have to get off of that high horse first. Did I lose this thing all right? But let me tell you something, whenever we grab a hold of His hand and walk with Him and we say the words that He gives us, lives get changed. People get saved and people who have struggled in their faith walk 
to be picked back up. And you know what? God says, I'm not going to hold that against you anymore. You have repented. You have asked for forgiveness and you've turned away. And therefore, I'm not going to hold it against you anymore. I see the blood of my son, the one who I sent for the reason, the very reason to save you. And I see his blood, and guess what? Not guilty. Not guilty. Now, what does the word Lord mean? Oh, you're going to love this one. Lord means master. Supreme in authority. This is the one I like the most because I have to apply this one to me. Master, supreme in authority, and the one that I love, controller. Got a big old control board back there. The brother Jeff and some of these other folks will work of a morning. And you know what? If they killed the juice on it, there'd be no sound. Thank God nobody said amen. There'd be no sound. I'd have to talk extra loud to get it out, or you'd have to sit extra close. We'd have to really get close together. But is Jesus the controller? That's when we say that Jesus Christ is Lord. When we confess that He is Lord, we need to look and see, is He in fact Lord of my life? Is He the controller? You see, most of us don't like to be controlled, do we? Don't go ahead and shake your foot, because if you don't, you, you will not be truthful. Because we don't like to be controlled. That is our nature. We like to be controlled whenever we're not sure of the outcome of something, so in case something goes wrong, we can blame the other guy. Well, he told me to do it. Am I right on that? That's why some people never make it to the place of a boss in, a, in an organization. They can't handle responsibility. They're waiting for somebody else to take the blame, so they've got the fall guy to say, hey, I did what he told me. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dave. He's a supervisor. That's a supervisor man there that said amen. I used to be one of them too. People don't like to be controlled. I don't. I was around a little fellow here about a week ago, and I made the statement to Sweetie. I said, "You know what? If you want him to do something, tell him not to, because he just assures you to said it. If we did it to try it, we'd do just the opposite. Go give Sandy a hug. Mm -mm. Well, fine. Just go over here and play. He'd run over and give her a hug. The weirdest thing, because it's the nature of man." We don't like to be controlled. We don't give up control very easily. And you know what? That's a sign. That's a warning, Will Robinson. When somebody that is an authority says do this or do that, not asking what your opinion is. It's different if they ask your opinion, but when they say do this, do that, and it gets under your skin, you need to go ahead and ask Jesus now, am I like this with you too? Because you are. Hello? You are. You are. Our. You know, we go to work and we find out what's got lordship over us. What is Lord, has lordship or who has lordship over you? That's your question to ask. Now, I'm working on this one too, okay? That's what this week has been about. Praise God. You see... When you go into work, you go and you have a boss, right? 
if you are the boss, somebody is boss over you unless you've got a name of Trump or something like that, and I don't reckon he answers nobody. That didn't come from heaven. That came from Ken. My point is this. That boss tells you to do something, no matter how stupid it seems. I found the word stupid in the Bible too, by the way, so it's there. How bad it may seem, let me rephrase that. No matter how bad it may seem, you either decide to do what the boss says or not, right? Every day. What drives your decision making? That boss, Brother Gene's working for a company, and he ain't real high in the company, but he is higher than me, and I'm one of the few guys that's under him. When he says do, if I don't do, he goes back and tells the big boss. Therefore, he is lording over me because he has control. Why does he have control? Because something in me is lording over me, which gives him the right to be lord over me. And for eight hours a day, he's the boss. No matter how stupid it sounds, and I like for him to be the boss because when it messes up, I can say, well, he told me to do it. You see? But why does he have lordship over me? Because of one thing. I need a job. Right? If I walked into my job and they said there's going to be no dirty jokes, there's not going to be any foul language, there's not going to be any stealing, there's not going to be any lying. As a matter of fact, you better not love another company more than you love us. Am I right on this? You see where I'm going with this? Then what do we do? We do what? Comply. The dumb ones don't. They usually get fired. Why do we comply? Because we need a job. Why do we need a job? Sir? Got to eat. Survive. Got to have food on the table. By the way, I just got through watching a show on the History Channel called Alone. You don't have to have any money to survive. I saw that. Ain't got tight on these guys. Anybody watch that? Nary a dime done them any good, did it, Brother Gene? What was going on in between these two ears, these floppy things on the side of the head and drive is what made the difference. They got out, they found food, they found shelter, they found fire. They had the basics to survive. So, we do it to have the job, to have the M-O-N-E-Y. Pay for the car, pay for the house, pay for the groceries so we don't have to survive like... And I'm not against that. I, don't want you, I want you to understand where I'm going with this. Don't say, oh, he's preaching on money now. Shut down and stop listening. Because you miss a blessing, I think. That is what rules you. And you can have the filthiest mouth in the world, but when you come into the office where Brother Gene is as the boss, just like that, you can cut it off. Why? Because that job, that house, that car, that vacation those fleshly pleasures that we feed says so. Am I right? 
What about what Jesus says? So if we say He is Lord of our life, He gives us something to go by. He says, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't commit adultery. Have no other gods before me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind, body and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Not a suggestion, a command. By the way, in the book, in the, in the red words, they're important ones. If you have a Bible and you have red words in it, they're important words. It's all important. It's all God's Word and it's all Jesus is the Word, but when you put in red, they're real important. If that can be even said. I don't even think that could really be said. So then, what do we find ourselves doing? We find ourselves making up a God. We, we deny the first commandment. We have another God before God. Then we deny the second commandment because we have another God that is a graven image, an image that we have made up. Right? How did that happen? Because we want a God that's going to make us feel good. We want a God that's going to tell us it's all okay. And yet, all of the Bible has warnings in it. Why do we have those warnings? See, that's where we got to go. That's where we got to dig. Are you following me this morning? So we've created a God who is not real. Have you ever said this or heard this said, well, I think God and followed by something. Or I don't believe God and followed by something else. Before you make those statements, before I make those statements, and by all means, before we let those statements come into here, we need to ask God what he says. He doesn't need a spokesperson. He gave us the word, and he sent the Holy Spirit to make it known. Right? So regardless, Brother Danny, of whether you believe or don't believe what God says, let's go to the word and ask him. Problem solved. We don't like doing that. Why? Because sometimes we find out some of the things we think about God ain't about Him at all. And we don't like that because now we have to face the true God. So is He Lord of your life or what is Lord of your life? He tells us to do these things because there's danger. Matthew 6 and 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, a daily prayer by the way, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. Those words are in red. So we create a God that says, I don't have to always forgive, right? We live in a world that says, oh, you deserve, oh, they got to do this, they got to earn this, they got to earn that, they got to earn my forgiveness. Have you ever felt that way? Don't raise your hands. 
Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, you need to let me who Jesus is. Because he said freely, freely, you have received. Jesus went to the cross, whether we said no or we said yes, he gave freely of that reconciliation with God. You see, last Sunday night, God gave us a word in prayer service called reconciliation. Jesus is all about reconciliation. Reconciling together, bringing back together our place that we are with God or maybe we need to be reconciled with God or maybe we need to be reconciled one with another. And he freely gave that. We could not earn it. We didn't need a job to get it. There's not enough money to buy it. We just have to receive it. And a part of receiving is, is then we take what God gives us. And he gave us his words. Therefore, we don't need to be making up no other gods. Because that makes God very angry. And then we deceive ourselves because we're following God, do we know another group of people, there's about 20 billion of them in the world, who are following God? And they're doing some horrendous things. So we don't need to make up another God to follow, we need to follow the God of the Bible. Because this other God tells us the one thing that creates trouble, and that's the separation and this disunity. It gives God a black eye. How can you witness to people when you belong to a God who doesn't cause this? How does that happen? You see, he gives to us. The, the day that I got saved, if, if I'd have got killed up here at the cor corner going home, and I didn't know anything about Jesus other than I know somebody was talking to my heart, and I said yes, I'd have been in heaven. But as he reveals things to me, then these warnings, now it's up to start applying. Because he says it in the red words. If you do not forgive that person who has sinned against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. Now, I don't know what y'all think about that, but now you can't just... Paint that away and come up with another God of your own and says, you know what? Well, Bob did me wrong. Bob stole my wife. No Bobs, right? And the world and the devil says, you got to go after Bob. And the wife says, well, i got to forgive or whatever. Or maybe, maybe you stole my ball on the playground. Not how long ago had somebody brought something up to me I totally forgot about. Totally forgot about. But for them, they thought it was an issue. Like, Ooh, thanks for telling me. I, but it's no problem. I didn't even remember what you're talking about. But I remember now, now that you say it, but eh, it's no big deal. But the world says, no, 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 no. And this other God that most people come up with, he says, oh, they have to earn your forgiveness. They don't deserve. You ever heard those words? You don't deserve. You've wronged me and you do not deserve. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you right now, that's a bad place to be. Because I want to tell you, you don't know who Jesus is.
because you never freely for, forgive. And now you're walking through and you've made this God up of doing these goods and these bad. You know, you do something bad and all of a sudden you feel bad, you go, you ask God for forgiveness, I'm going to read an extra chapter of the Bible. Or I'm going to do this or that. I'm going to do something to make amends and make atonement for it. It don't work that way. Freely you have received, freely you must give. So reconciliation is about this forgiveness thing. And your Christian walk has stopped if you have unforgiveness sitting in your heart. And by the way, he says he's not going to forgive our sins if we don't forgive these others. Is this getting through? Are we getting through? I want to know if you're catching it. I want to know if you're catching it. I'm not asking if you agree. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit will do the agreeing part. That's what He does. My job is to give the Word. So we come up with this God and we have these hoops that have to be jumped through. Right? And He says, oh no. Seventy times seven, you must forgive them. How many times have Brother Gene, have you had to forgive me? You got a clue? It's been some, I know. I'm a rough dude. How many times have you felt you needed to forgive somebody and you didn't even realize that there was not a problem? But you felt it in your spirit. The problem was lying where it needed to belong. The other guy didn't have it. But you don't cast stones on that. You point a brother where they need to go, and you get down and you cry if you need to at the altar before God. And let me tell you something, that altar can be anywhere. For my daddy, it was beside his bed one night by himself. No preacher, no nobody. Just him and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that puts all of us down on a little lower level, don't it? I don't have to be here to do this and do that and do this and do that. But He does work through us. Amen? And He wants to work through us. So, when this confession time comes that Jesus Christ is Lord, now you know what Lordship means. He's the controller. And if anything controls you more than what Jesus does, it's time to pray. And I mean anything. I don't care what it is. Anything at all that's in your spirit that controls how you act one way or another toward another human being, toward another believer, has to be dealt with. Otherwise, your train just got derailed on the side tracks and it's sitting there. Because grace says, God says, I'm going to give you some time here. I'm teaching you. By the way, Ken, I need you to preach. I don't want to preach this. I want to preach a nice, friendly, good, shouting message, Jesus, please. He said, no, I got that for the people down the road or the people up the road right now. I got this one for here. Is, this, is anybody getting this? Is this meaning anything to anybody? It sure has me. Because if you have unforgiveness sitting in your heart, Jesus can't work. Who's the God that you serve? Is it the God of the Bible? Sweetie, what do you think? <laughs>
What's your opinion on God? You know, I don't need to do that. I, it's good to hear that, I guess. Maybe I can get something, but he's right here. Man, I grew up with, <laughs> I ain't going there. Yes, I am. I grew up somewhere, somewhere down the line. My daddy had this idea, and I don't. I think he got it from Mama. You didn't have to go to church. You didn't have to serve Jesus. You didn't have to say nothing about Jesus. You say I believe it is, and I think we're good. But it was all kinds of do's and don'ts. The water line busted. We fixed it. We didn't mow the yard because we had other days to do that. But when the emergency came up, we took care of it. But we didn't do anything. Mama wasn't allowed to wash clothes, but yet she could cook and wash dishes. I went to cut my toenails one Sunday morning. I thought my dad was going to take my head off. He wasn't even a Christian. And I grew my life up thinking that I can't cut my toenails on Sunday. Where did he get it? Somebody sowed it. Somebody didn't have the guts to tell him any different. For whatever reason. So, Sunday school teachers, speakers, Christians in your circle of influence, families, don't be ashamed to go where God leads you. And if they say, well, I don't think God likes this, don't worry about what you think God says. Know what God says. Amen? I'm here today to tell you reconciliation is the word. I don't know how much longer we've got to stay on that. I don't know where we're going with it. I don't know who it's for. Maybe all of us probably is for all of us. I know it's for me. But God wants so much to do something in every home, every life here today. He gave us a word called reconciliation. We choose to or we choose not to. We can let the devil, and he will, tell us all these things that God thinks that may not be in the Bible. But bottom line is, if there's unforgiveness sitting in anybody's heart today, settle it. 